This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Welcome back, guys. Episode number five of the Transformation Bros. What are we talking about today, Nathan? Well, we're talking about energy and mm. you know, when we're in alignment and we're in the right energy, how um, it kind of feeds into everything. Like You've got a lot of experiences with this, right? You're talking about a, having a, um, a download, texting a friend before. Oh, yeah. So I was just sitting there and I had a, an intuitive nudge to message a friend who's going through something difficult. And I just told him to remember who he is and how powerful he is. And about half an hour later, he texts me back, bro, you have no idea how good the timing was of that message. Yeah, but it was so good because I didn't I didn't want to write the text. I wasn't sitting there like, oh, what am I going to send my mate? There was nothing. It just came in. Obviously, he needed the, the, the message and it came through me. I love that stuff. That's yeah, so energetic. It's something like yeah, this is the thing with energy. And when you're in alignment, you get these you get these messages. I felt the, the same thing. I felt um, I saw a, a friend posted on Instagram that she was really struggling um, with her kids and stuff like that. Was having a tough time. And so, without thinking, I just jumped straight on the phone. We chatted for like half an hour on the phone and didn't talk about anything in particular. I just listened to her and heard her out and let her share. And I shared a bit of stuff and. Um, you know, we ended up laughing and giggling at the end of it. And she just said, man, thank you so much. You've been completely, in a completely different space than I was before. I was like, man, so am I. I felt great as well. And it's interesting to notice, again, there was, as soon as I saw her, the impulse was there to phone her and just be there for her. Mm. And if I had waited another 10 seconds, my mind would have kicked in and my mind would have gone, Oh, she's probably got 50 people messaging her from her story. She did mm. on Instagram. I've got stuff to do. Oh, do you really want to sit there and listen to someone complain, you know, for half an hour? You've got shit to do. I just would have had all that stuff come up. And mm. by just bypassing that and going, man, I'm feeling an impulse. I'm in the energy. My friend needs help. You know, even that's too analytical. You know, it was just yeah. an impulse in the moment. And yeah, doing having it. this beautiful connection felt so connected to her. And there's so and many like instances. Mm. <laughs> you know, that was the reward I got. I was like, oh, man, I feel like a thoughtful friend that did something to help someone else. Mm. So good. You didn't let your mind talk yourself out of it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the beauty there, isn't it? The thinking, like, we're always taught to think before we act, but it's actually what I've, the nuance I've been finding lately is to act before I think. So good. Yeah, so powerful because it's more intuitive and it's more just come, whatever's coming through. I don't know how other people are with that, but I've normally been very analytical about it and worked out the pros and cons and the nuances and then just bugged out. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's again, it's what we were talking about last week about uh, getting more into the body and, and sort of not relying on the mind as much. I know for me, mm. and definitely haven't overcome this, but feeling so much closer to overcoming it, I've got a terrible fear of rejection and humiliation. And so that causes me to be so cautious about all my interactions with people. You know, I, mm. uh, one thing that would terrify me would be walking up to a stranger in the street saying to talk, talk to them. I know some people relate, some people will think that's crazy, 
but it's just mm. the fear of like having an uncomfortable situation or them rejecting me and God feeling humiliated. It's such a, used to be such an overwhelming feeling. So whenever I'm operating, you know, life is people, right? That is life. Life is <laughs> interacting with humans. So I've, if I let my mind in control, there's always going to be this first layer of don't say that you'll be humiliated. What's the safe thing here? What do we, you know, what? So any, any intuition, anything that I actually feel in my body that I want to share with the world all gets diluted down and shifted and muted and changed to like at the bottom of a vending machine, this little thing plops out. There's nothing like <laughs> I actually want to share or who I actually am. So the more I can get mind out of the way and just go follow an impulse of what I'm feeling and what I want to share, God, that leads to connection with people because you're being the real you. That leads to you feeling fulfilled because you're actually putting out into the world what you really want to put out. You don't feel like misunderstood. So many people feel like nobody understands mm. me. My dad doesn't understand me. The world doesn't understand me. Mm. But if you can get your mind out of the way and actually share who you really are, then you have a chance of being understood. Yeah, well, people don't understand us because we don't tell them. We don't tell them who we are. We don't share from that intuitive place or from that heart-based um, energy. You've been um, a huge source of inspiration for me around that because you've been practicing that, literally practicing it for so long. Mm. Jason did um, a challenge one year where he did 365 Facebook Lives, one a day for a year. Mm. And I don't think you really even knew why you were doing it. Did you have an intention to start? <laughs> I'd just come off that um, Zen Buddhist retreat, um, the seven days with no speaking and no eye contact. Classic, very relatable. And Yeah, and, um, I realised I didn't know who I was. So I didn't, I, well, (laughs) there's who we are is probably who we think we are or who I thought I was turns out to be a a load of repeating patterns and protection systems so that I could operate in the world safely. I think that's probably succinctly sums it up. And then, in fact, it was um, through my coaching with Tony Benici uh, prior to doing that um, retreat. Shout out to Tony, amazing human being. And it was during that that I was trying to, I was actually discovering who I was underneath all those patterns, who I wanted to be in the world, what I wanted to do, not be an apology for it and actually embrace it. But it it was the uncomfortableness and the fear that was, that, that stopped me doing that. It was the, Fear of getting it wrong, fear of looking bad, which is ironic, right? Because I look bad all the time in all kinds of different ways. Sure. <laughs> but it's all in the head. Yeah, thanks for that. No um, yeah, so so the, the 365 videos were to push myself and through that uncomfortableness and into whatever would come out on the day. I, ne- I never planned a single one. And rightly or wrongly, now I know that was the right thing to do because I literally just said whatever was happening whatever was in that moment they're still coming up as memories by the way <laughs> that must be weird my face memory every day yeah, yeah. no it comes up the, about um, every sort of fifth day yeah what was the was it hard 
Um, well, I, le- I learned a lot of things. It was the consi- it's the most consistent I'd been at anything in my entire life. Oof. And I was like 52 at the time. So I'd never been that consistent. Ah. That was empowering. God, you yeah. know, that felt good. Um, my shortest uh, video, most of them averaged three minutes, three to five minutes, three to four minutes. But my shortest one was like 20 seconds and it was at 11.59 after I'd been drinking and at a concert all night. My phone went flat, but I still did it. Um <laughs> Yeah, so there was a lot of different things that happened. I included a lot of people. I included my friends and my um, my children, as you remember. Yeah. So, yeah, was it difficult? Ah, yeah, that's a really good question. Was there moments where you're like, I don't know what to say, I, I don't want to do yeah. it? Yeah. It must have been days where you're like, this is the last thing I want to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of that. It's, again, like we've talked about in previous episodes, hard to go back there. And remember, you know, now I do videos in the men's group. Um, I've done videos. I've done lots of live videos since. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to remember. But it definitely pushed me out of my shell. And some I still, that, oh, yeah, <laughs> you go. I was going to say, some people that listen to this will probably think, man, that's a fun idea. Like, that'd be a cool challenge to take on. Would, do would you recommend it? it? I highly recommend it. Any tips? Absolutely. If they think, man, even if they want to do a 30-day challenge, 30-day of doing a Facebook Live every day. Yeah, just be yourself. Just be yourself because that's – you can't not be that, right? You could you could keep it up. You could fake it for a bit. But, um, yeah, isn't it interesting? Who, who would want to do it? Well, I, I think if you – because not everyone's going to resonate with what we're saying every – episode or every conversation in fact you might mm. be completely confused about everything we say but that's cool if you hang in there and keep listening this podcast will help you transform evolve yeah but if you you might have got something from that where you're like yeah who am i i don't know who i am or you might be when jason said you know when he went to share himself he didn't know who that was you might feel the same thing if you were to share yourself outside of your normal patterns and replies and you know i'm a i'm a man and i'm a crusaders fan and you know i drive holdens or you know um whatever i only wear gucci or whatever your thing is of who you think you are that's mm, mm. not really you it's just a bunch of ideas if you resonate with that idea of going man i want to actually find out who i am doing that 30-day challenge or, or 12-month challenge if you're up for it is one way to start sharing yourself with the world to help you find out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing too that people, you know, watched it. That was, that, I don't know. It's not that it felt good, but it was, it felt supportive. It was like that, you know, because when you're vulnerable and when you're out there doing it, like hunting and fishing, um, people, actually supporting you just feels amazing even if it's just watching or just one like yeah so really i really felt that support while i was doing it yeah mm. i can sense a belief under there of like who would want to listen to me yeah yeah that's right yeah while i go through my shit <laughs> yeah 
but there's, you know, there's more love and connection out there for each of us than we realise. And more so too, the point you make, I like is um, when we're when we're trying to be ourselves, when we're actually, that's the conundrum, isn't it? People kind of respect it more probably when we're trying to be ourselves, even though we're fuddling around and tripping up and making mistakes. That's what I, that's what I would have feared the most is all of that uncomfortableness. But actually, you know, people supported me through that. Yeah. That's what I didn't expect. I was um, just thinking the other day that, you know, you and I have a similar flavour of this, but I was just thinking, man, how can I, how can I do more to help people transform? Like what's the next business idea? You know, what should I be creating? I really, you know, I'm not doing enough. It's probably coming from not enoughness, right? Mm -hmm. But I was thinking most of my friends and family wouldn't even know that this is something I'm struggling with. Mm. say struggle in the loosest term, I mean something that really plays on my mind that I really want to keep finding ways. And But I never tell them that. Mm. I never share with anyone. Like that's a real deep truth about me is my life is here to, I'm here to heal and help people transform. And I think about that all day. And it's a struggle for me to figure out how I can do it. What's the way to do it better, more often, more effectively. And I don't think almost anyone in my life would know that that is something I mm. am being with mm. and dealing with every day. Mm. That's and so right. That will often have me feel like misunderstood or lonely or like nobody gets me. But I was like, gosh, oh, that's something I never share. But it's a, a, a reality I live every day. Yeah, and I talk to lots of people about this, about, you know, genuinely sharing is how people are going to know us, are going to understand us, but it's vulnerable, right? Yeah. It feels unsafe. All of our systems that we've put in place so that we can be safe, it sort of undermines them. Yeah, it's how, a false, how, how do we, it's fake. I guess this is a rhetorical question that's I'm also kind of asking it out loud for myself, but how do we break through or how do we, how do we transform that part of us that's trying to feel safe and not get embarrassed, not be humiliated, not be outed? Um, how do we actually transform that? You know, I think You're right because it's a question each person to ask themselves. Yeah. It's great. I know for me, I, we talked about this in episode one when we were talking about what is transformation. One of the first things is to figure out what you want. Mm. And, you know, for me, if I, if, I look at, if I look at wanting to overcome that fear of people, that fear of humiliation, that fear of embarrassment, what's, what's greater than that? The first thing I have to find is what's greater than that fear? What's something that I really crave in my life that's greater than that fear? And for me, it's that thing I just talked about. It's like I want to I be doing more to help my community and help people transform and create the life they want. So in order to do that, I can't just be living scared. I have to be able no. to be myself. Mm. And so the first thing for me is to go, well, you have to have create a possibility, the possibility of being able to impact thousands, hundreds, millions of people through my work. That's greater than wanting to just live the rest of my life small and scared of coming out of my shell. Hmm. So I think you have to have that desire. You have to want something greater than you fear. Yeah, so what can people do if they don't want to, you know, 
that lofty goal. Well, you won't. They just, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, gosh, that's so specific to me. Um, that mm. one. But your goal might be to not feel lonely mm. anymore. Mm. That's a good one. Big one, I think. I can feel yeah. that myself. Yeah, I felt that in myself too. It's like, yeah. But I, I think if you don't have that, you're not going to shift. You're not going to do the work required to transform. You're not going to create the awareness. You're not going to practice the new patterns unless you really, really want it. Jason and Nathan. I want to just shift it gears a little bit. How's the polarity course going? Amazing. That's I'll tell you what, you gave me that feedback um, a few days ago about me using the word amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been in my language so much and thank you for that because it's it's a um i was reading a thing yesterday about how we actually don't like feedback that much and when you were giving me the feedback you um softly apologized for giving me the feedback and i felt the irritation and i said to you no i you know tell me more what is it that you hear and you know you said it wasn't very descriptive um, it kind of was like a deer in the headlights, like amazing, you know, wide-eyed. And I really I just got felt it. like it wasn't um, – you, you use the word a lot, but it's not actually what you're trying to say. You yes. use the word in place of actually describing what you're actually trying to say. Yes. So over the last couple of days, I've noticed that I've not said it, and I've okay. actually gone, oh, right, what's the description for what I'm talking about? So, yeah, thank, thanks for that. It was really powerful. Um, language so important right let's do that little aside because you touched on something that we wanted to talk about it's just a quick one around mm. feedback and yeah you and i have a different relationship to feedback you love feedback i hate feedback and the yeah. reason i hate it is because i've got my wound you know my deep wound of not being good enough i'm not enough mm. and so feedback and not enoughness are all intertwined for me so, and what I do with not enoughness is I beat myself up. It's the part I keep talking about. Perfectionist, not good enough, fucked it up again, classic me, I can't believe that. Mm. And so I have feedback and beating myself up really intertwined with each other. And so mm. again, I, so I just don't want feedback. It's too painful for me. It's not that I don't want it. It's like, it's too painful. I'm already beating mm. myself up enough to then get another layer of feedback that's going to send me down another hole, it's just too much for me. Like I'm too sensitive in this current way of being around feedback. Mm. So I haven't transformed this yet, but the, the awareness for me is to kind of go, okay, how can I separate feedback from beating myself up? Mm. So how can I listen to feedback and have that not create the experience of beating myself up? So, yeah, that's why I'm really I'm sensitive when I give other people feedback because it's it's my own my own yeah. story around receiving it. Yeah, good point. And mine is I just noticed them while you're talking. Actually, when we said it the other day, I didn't I didn't um, I couldn't feel what it was for myself. But when you said they're not good enough, I realised that my me receiving feedback is the antidote for not feeling good enough. That's why I receive it so. So, wow. Uh, well, you have the opposite yeah. relationship with feedback. Yeah. It makes you feel better. Makes me feel better because now I'll have I'll have a better understanding or I'll have a way to do it differently 
so that I'm, yeah. That's so that. massive. Like, mm. there's no clear example there of how, what our beliefs, the beliefs we hold, the patterns we have, completely change our experience of life. Mm. You and I, mm. I, we just have two different beliefs around feedback and we have a whole different life experience around it. Amazing. Yeah. Using that yeah, that's really. <laughs> Don't use that. Can I point out? Can I give you some feedback about that? I was word? genuinely amazed in that moment, so I'm going to claim it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to look out for when I'm amazed and when I'm not. Totally. But yeah, no, that's such a gift. Yeah, thanks for that. It's really good. You're welcome. To, be able to feel. Mm, so, to polarity feel where that comes from. Polarity. Oh my goodness, it's my favorite thing at the moment. Um. Yeah, just uh, here's a part. Um, if you haven't got anything specific around it, um, the, the part around doing these uh, calls. Oh, the role plays calls. Yeah, role play calls. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, thanks. Um, so in the course, we get to they're called student led role play calls. So we get to talk to the um, ladies that are in the course. So they're learning their side of polarity, the feminine radiance, and the men are learning um, how to lead and be in their dominance. So it's the dominant men and the radiant woman. Now, dominance is quite a triggering triggering word for yeah, some people. We've talked about that a few times, yeah. Have we talked about it on the podcast on this? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, okay, good. Early, early so it's not, so yeah, so it's not domineering. Remember. Yeah, not controlling, not domineering, but leading. Um, and I got a really good distinction around this the other day. Um, a dominant man will lead in a giving way rather than a taking way. Beautiful. So a wounded, yeah, a wounded dominant man will be taking, and that's the different energy that you're going to experience. Um, but the role because like really I'm a feminine man, I take you know masculine guys, and when a masculine man is leading me, but he's really in touch with me and feeling into what my needs are, and we're and then he's leading us. From that place, oh god, it's incredible! It's so good. Yeah, yeah. amazing. I love um, one of the things. <laughs> another great bow that we have string to our bow is that you have that feminine um, side of it as well that you and I can talk about, which is really helpful for, for me. Sure. Yeah. So um, leading these women in these role plays has been amazing for me. So I'm a recovering nice guy. People pleasing. Thanks. I'll use the amazing word again. I'm going to use it a lot. I won't, I won't, I won't pull you up anymore. Yeah. No one can see Nathan, but I can see him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I'm a recovering people pleaser and an RPP. Oh, very good. Thanks. So when I, in relationship, normally I'm doing things in a covert way to get my needs met. So I don't know if you know, many people know about people pleasing. I'm sure they do. But when we are trying to get our needs met, we use covert contracts like I'll do this for you. I'll keep doing this for you. And I'll even do more of this for you. And my covert contract with myself, which is why it's covert, is that you will meet my needs when I need them. So it's like I'll do the, I'll do the washing up after dinner. I'll take the trash out. But you, we have sex tonight. Yeah. You have sex with me because I did all yeah. that stuff that you said. Example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. And so um, covert contracts don't work, by the way. <laughs> it just leads everybody down the wrong hole. It's quite, it's kind of disgusting because I'm manip it's a manipulation. Yeah. yeah. So 
leading as a dominant man, um, I have to think. I have to. I have to. You know, leading by by definition means that I've got to come up with the the things to do. I've got to be the one creating the space. I've got to be the one holding the space. So that takes a little bit of work. But and then when when a when I when a man doesn't do that, then the the feminine has to rise up and and do it for them so now they're being in their masculine so a lot of masculinized women are coming from the fact that the job's just not getting done nobody's leading so they've got to do it and that depolarizes the relationship yeah does that make sense absolutely yeah yeah and i and how you might women listening might not relate to themselves as masculine but what you might relate to is um just having to organize everything and having to, you know, your husband's mm. not doing anything. So like you have to do the finances and you have to make sure the kids get off to school. And, you know, it's just like you're in charge because he's not going to do it. So that's yeah. really strong in your masculine. Energy. Yeah. And I experienced it in my last marriage as um, very subtle, very subtly like, you know, where do you want to go for dinner? Well, I don't know. You choose because it, my, I, you know, I didn't want, I couldn't think of somewhere or I couldn't. So it's just those little examples where they, the, the woman has to take. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I experienced it as just couldn't think of somewhere. Funny, isn't it? I mean, I've been yeah. to a hundred different places, but in the moment I couldn't it's such think a turn of off. where we need to go. It's like, yeah. you know, from my side, it's like, Oh, come on. Like, you know, it feels like a real letdown. Yeah. Yeah. I would never experience that. I no, just, totally. That's yeah, why we're bringing right. awareness to it. And so, oh, another good part of the polarity that I'm learning is that the a woman doesn't actually have to wait for a, a masculine man, you know, to actually be the one leading and to change the dynamic or the situation in the relationship. So, if a if a woman just communicates with her feelings, how she feels, um, or with a problem then the masculine is inspired to solve it. As you know, we're all problem solvers, us men. We love to solve problems. That's biological. And everything I'm talking about here is actually biological. It's not in the head. It's we have we're instinctually programmed to operate this way. Like you said, when the man doesn't choose the dinner, it feels bad to you. It just feels like a letdown. That's because yeah. it's in your biology, not in your mind. You could easily choose somewhere or help them to choose somewhere. So, um, so yeah. much of it is um, from the feminine too. There's so much wrapped up in safety. And yeah. what, safety can mean a whole bunch of different things, right? Um, one can just mean physical safety, um, especially like um, a, a woman with a man. You know, obviously with me, it's two men. But with a woman with a man, there's just a physical safety issue. Mm. And so... Physically, if we're going to let someone lead, it's kind of vulnerable to even just go out with someone that can hurt you <laughs> physically. And men do hurt women, you know, it's like the statistics. So that means safety is such a big issue, just going, okay, is this man safe? Um, next level of safety is will this man keep our family safe? If mm. we're walking out on the street and a bunch of people come up and try to attack us, is he going to get scared and push me out in front for me to defend us? Or is he going to find a way out of the, that scenario? 
Third thing. Yeah, and em- is, emotional safety. Is he going to keep my heart safe? Mm. Yeah, like if I if I open up to him and if I'm, you know, really loving, is he going to break my heart? Is he going to shit all over my heart? So safety mm. is such a big thing for the feminine because we're really trusting this man to lead us, love us, be kind to us. And so what happens when a guy goes, oh, I don't know what restaurant you choose. We go, oh, God, this guy can't even, he's not even. Something as simple as that. He's not even yeah. strong enough to find a restaurant for us. So it feels intuitively, like you said in the body, it's like, oh, it's a bit of a damage to our, our feeling of safety. It's like this guy feels a little bit weaker than he did two minutes ago. Hmm. Yeah, and even if a guy can think of two places and then um, the lady can choose, that's also a, a problem solved. Mm. Sure. So, yeah. So you've been practicing this on calls. <laughs> I'm going to get a bit vulnerable here because I, one of the calls was um, the lady started leading me halfway through and I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't. Now I know what happened, obviously, in the in the breakdown and the debrief. But at the time, I could not get myself out of it. And one of the coaches explained to me that when a woman is just blatantly being disrespectful, it's very easy to go, hey, that's, you know, you're being disrespectful or this is not working or whatever. But when that's coming from a loving way and they're being all um, nice and that, I noticed that I was too polite to actually correct her and let her know that she was leading. Now, this is not a bad thing to do to correct her because she's in the course also to learn where she is taking over and starting to lead. And her leading went on embarrassingly for like 20 minutes. Embarrassingly for me, I felt. I felt embarrassed because um, I knew something was happening instinctually, but I couldn't really feel it enough to, to stop it. So incredible learnings. Wow. Really incredible yeah so that's the that's the recovering nice guy in me that that's you know if i'm going to lead properly i think we talked last week about you know i want to start dating as well or i am dating but i'm putting all my stuff out here in the podcast but you know if i'm going to do that you contact Jason properly yeah oh eight hundred good time can we say that for good time um for good time um, you yeah, know, you got to overcome the nice guy. You got to learn to lead. You got to, yeah, but it's feeling it. It's more. It's once again about being in the body. About yeah. actually, because I did feel it. So it's like being strong enough, almost, or um, dominant enough, you might say, to go. Because I watched to go. Hey, you're leading me, and this is what's happening right here. Because I noticed I watched another role play yesterday, and the uh, the guy that was in it. Um, straight away, as soon as I noticed the lady was leading and he straight away was like, hey, you're leading me. You're not supposed to be doing that. So, but it's for the benefit of both parties, obviously. But that feels, again, just to give the feminine perspective, when when my man says, hey, don't do that, you're being disrespectful or whatever, it feels so good. So yeah, nice, nice guys. Yeah, and the nice guys, though, are out there going, oh, I don't want to upset her. I don't want to say the wrong no. thing. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be seen to be. And we we're suffering from... Not only the nice guy syndrome, but the fear of looking domineering or controlling or getting it wrong, you know. Yeah. Go too We've far been... out the opposite other way. Yeah. Yeah. 
but basically it feels putting very... up with that yeah we miss out on sex <laughs> yeah, that's right but it feels very when, when when a man um stands up for himself or says no we're doing it this way or no hey don't talk to me like that or whatever to me it comes back to go okay this guy feels safe he's not going to be steamrolled by me or anybody else he's yeah. going to stand up for what he believes he's going to keep a strong boundaries thus i feel safer so that's that's the result that happens on the feminine side fantastic isn't it yeah it's so good we've we've come through patriarchy we've come through abuse we've come through you know domineering controlling masculine behavior strong feminist movement yep go the other way but no one's actually happy when they with the way that we're operating out in the world I don't know, no one's too strong a term, but there is a lot of, you know, if we look at divorce rates, if we look at... um, Sex and marriages. Sex and marriages, you know, like how do you give up sex, get married? Isn't that one of the sayings? I forget what the saying actually is, but it's like... I I think it's, it's, uh, you know, we've we've kind of tried to have everybody feel neutral. And so Mm. there's two parts to a relationship. There's connection and then there's polarity polarity is being the opposites opposites attract and what Mm -hmm. creates that sexual spark when we start dating is like this person Mm. feels different to me they feel risky or they feel fun or they feel really stable and i'm kind of wild and i love them Mm. you know so that that creates the polarity and on the other side we need connection so if we're just opposites all the time it's really hard to connect with someone that's nothing like you so we want to try and find connection where we see and hear the other person where we value them where we find common ground Mm. and if we end up going all the way over to the connected side where it's just connection and we start to sort of slowly delete all of our differences and that polarity Mm. goes that's when the sex dries up because it's the the polarity that creates that sexual desire and that sexual drive so Mm. i think what's happened in this last generation is as we've rightly started to break down the patriarchy and acknowledge um, the journey that women have been on and how they, they've felt and what they've been through and mm. allowed them to get to really connect with them, we've ended up feeling quite connected, I think, mm. to each other, but not polarised. Mm. So, good friends, yeah. Yeah, good friends. So that's why, like, yeah, again, we feel like, man, I, I really love him. I really love her. But... I'm just not in love with her or there's no spark Mm. or we use all these phrases. So actually finding ways like you're doing now, like hopefully we're moving into as a, you know, as a um, collective is how do we generate polarity back into Mm. a relationship whilst keeping that connection, whilst keeping that honor, whilst keeping that devotion to each other. Um, Yeah. And it's a good point you make because when you, when people start in a relationship, the polarity, the polarity is naturally there. The man, you know, the, the woman doesn't organise the date. Yeah, she doesn't organise the date and say where it is and pick the guy up, does she? Like, he's going to lead, he's going to organise things, he's, he's, he's leading by default. And the woman is more in her feminine because she doesn't want to be overpowering and overruling him and, you know, taking charge and being annoying or whatever the phrase is. Um, so that polarity is naturally there. And then over time, when he's as he stops leading or slows down with the leading, then she's naturally, slowly, subtly got to pick it, 
it's almost like she's picking up the pieces to keep the whole thing together. And so the polarity is just reversed. Gone. Yeah. yeah. And that's why people experience. I love the fact that there are energy phrases as well, like polarity and spark and the energy that exists between people. Yeah, it's about our body. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Once again, it's all energy. I love it. Well, we could talk about it all day as usual, but got to save a little bit. I need to keep these people hanging on our yeah, for next wanting week. more. Yeah, <laughs> reminds me of old um, TV one and TV two, where you've actually got to wait for the next week for a, for for yeah, an episode pre Netflix. Anyway, I hope you wait. No, totally, it'll be worth the wait. Awesome, thanks guys. Yeah. Have a great week. I hope this was helpful. And well, see you. Tuesday. See ya. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 